Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Ed Surge On Air podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Mary Jo Matta. Jacob Allen was the first ever youth president for the NAACP in Wisconsin, and once upon a time was a Teach for America Corps member in Chicago. But it wasn't either of these roles that landed him on the Forbes 30 Under 30 list this past January. Rather, it was his efforts to bring about an important topic into K-12 schools, specifically the idea of a student's self-identity. In 2013, Allen and his co-founder, Marie Dandy, created Pilot Ed Schools, an after-school program that has a three-tiered curriculum, specifically focusing on developing students in the realms of academic success, civic engagement, and social identity. Over the last few years, Pilot Ed has worked with more than 100 school students and families on Chicago's south and west sides. But Pilot Ed isn't just about helping existing schools anymore. Allen and Danny will soon be launching the first-ever Pilot Ed brick-and-mortar school, a daunting but unique opportunity. Ed Surge sat down with Allen last week to discover how his new school model, Pilot Ed, is tackling themes of trauma and citizenship in the classroom. That's stuff that can really impact student success. We'll get to that in a moment, right after this. This episode of the Ed Surge On Air podcast is brought to you by Ed Surge Concierge. Are you a K-12 administrator who is looking to have more confidence in your ed tech decisions? Concierge is a free service designed to find ed tech tools aligned to your goals. Sign up now on edsurge.com slash concierge. All right, listeners, let's go ahead and get to it. On the podcast today, we have Jacob Allen, the co-founder of Pilot Ed Schools, which started off as an after-school program, but will soon be evolving into something much more brick and mortar. How are you feeling today? Doing well, doing well. It's been a full day of learning. Now, you flew in from Chicago, where you are based when recently? Yep. Uh, so we've been based in Chicago for uh, about almost four years now, um, and we'll soon move our base camp, if you will, to Indianapolis in a few short months. Yep. So Pilot Ed started in an effort of my classroom. Uh, I was a seventh grade science teacher and really found that myself as well as other educators in the space uh, that were teaching social studies, math, English, that we kept on coming to an issue of trauma, an issue of self uh, that was never addressed in classrooms. And so what we took on at that time in 2013 was creating an after-school program, uh, an after-school program that uh, centers itself on the identity, the, the, the racial identity, the sociological identity, uh, and cultural backgrounds of our students and making sure that that was incorporated uh, as a discussion space within the schools that our students were attending on the south and west side of the city. Uh, that model has, has since transformed significantly uh, into a brick and mortar school where the backbone of that school will be that same type of, of curriculum. But did you see yourself as eventually becoming a school founder? Like, was that the intention at the beginning of this? Uh, the intention at the beginning was to be a teacher that talked about things that we knew were important in our students' lives, but just weren't being talked about in education. Uh, we ended up meeting every day at a Starbucks for about five hours every single day to really address issues of violence and incarceration and trauma that we knew impacted our students' academic success, but just simply, again, wasn't a part of their school day. Having been a teacher myself, I am sort of flabbergasted at the idea of you leaving at the end of the school day, going to a Starbucks, and then <laughs> basically working on this for five hours every day. Where does the motivation come from? 
Um, you know, it's personal in terms of the way that I was raised. Uh, somebody who is biracial and constantly moved around a lot growing up, I found myself in classrooms where my identity was never talked about, uh, as a student specifically. Uh, and it really hit me in the stomach when I arrived at a small liberal arts college um, in Southern California where I really didn't look like the, the classmates that I shared a space with. And I realized that it was also the first time that I was learning about um, issues of race, issues of, of, of religion, uh, of gender, of sexuality. A lot of these issues that we know help shape our story of self, that help shape our perspective of the world, but that if never talked about until college could have some, some negative ramifications in our life. And, and for me, uh, knowing that I would eventually become a school teacher, I wanted to make sure that we, as early on as possible, could incorporate some of those same topics that were considered taboo or considered um, um, off of the off of the record, if you will. So I know that you're not technically launching your first school until 2018. Correct. So you've got a couple of years to sort of prep for it. Yes. But if you had to summarize what the big differences are between what the pilot ed school is going to look like and what a regular public school on the south side of Chicago looks like, what would you say are going to be the biggest differences? Yeah, so we're going to be building a K through eight elementary school, and we have seen amazing uh, high schools across the country and amazing elementary schools for that matter, um, but really didn't see the level of identity development and the level of cultural relevancy um, present in any of these models, and especially not ones that later went off to do civic engagement um, for their for their middle school students when they arrived into the sixth through eighth grade. And so our school will be based on those three things: so academic excellence, civic engagement and sociological identity is what we call it, which is really cultural relevancy. Uh, and in the kindergarten through the second grade years of our school, um, all of the classes from sociology, excuse me, from social studies to math um, will incorporate our students' identity, but specifically understanding the story of self. Where from third grade to fifth grade, we'll kind of turn the, the paradigm and look at the story of others. And then from sixth to eighth grade, all of our students are required to civically engage mm -hmm. with volunteer organizations, local politicians, or the church that they go to, to make sure that our students actually can take action into their own hands after learning kind of about themselves and the world it is that they live in. And the, the timing is somewhat fascinating considering that right now <laughs> with the presidential election as it's gone and uh, some of the somewhat racial tensions that have really come to the forefront in this country, even though they've really existed for hundreds of years, how is that going to play a role in what you choose to do with your students? Or is that something that is just going to be an omnipresent part of their existence in general? Yeah, I think it's the last part that you said in terms of it being omnipresent. I think at the end of the day, no matter where we are, no matter what the current uh, climate is politically, uh, racially, uh, socially in this country, we know that students have two options in front of them when it comes to our, our way of thinking which is that they can go through the K-12 system and never ask questions or be asked questions about who they are as individuals in this society um, and also to coexist with other individuals in the society who have never been asked those questions. And what we see today, at least from our point of view, is simply the outcome of, of K-12 education for, for almost 150 years going one direction um, and not really taking into consideration the relationships, the social interactions, the civic engagement that's required to actually move the needle um, in, in, in social impact in this country. Um, and one of the big things that we have to realize is that understanding other perspectives, understanding yourself, is not tied to a certain race, it's not tied to a certain gender, it's not tied to a certain religion, but that it's simply all encompassing, right? Because we all have that story of self and we all should be able to work alongside others.
And yet, unfortunately, at least from my own experience in the classroom, what I saw was math, science, and ELA always seem to take precedence over social studies, civic engagement, um, government. And as a result, a lot of the students that we taught didn't get that education. How is that going to play in with all of the other subjects that students are going to learn at the first pilot at school? Yeah, so uh, every day our students will be taking about an hour and a half of our identities uh, programming, which is talking about these issues just directly. And when we say talking about, it's really creating a space where students can talk about what it means to be potentially undocumented, what it means to be the only female in a group of five boys and siblings at home. That these simple things, which are just a part of our existence, that those are important in our students' development um, as students, but also in their development as citizens of this world. And so we definitely will have our, our special time, if you will, and discussion time for that to exist for our kindergartners through our eighth graders. Um, but we also have been readapting a curriculum that already exists, a great curriculum out of New York, um, to make sure that our social studies class, that our math class, that our English class is actually relevant to our students' stories as well. And that's from the posters that are displayed in the classrooms and what those look like, to the books that our students are reading, to the way that our students are creating theories and statistics class. Um, you know, a, a good example that's more concrete is our students are really curious as to why, which is, you know, I think adults can be curious too as well, as to why certain parts of, of, of South Side of Chicago have such a high, high school dropout rate, leaving that space um, uh, with a conversation, we challenged our students to leave their math classes with creating theories around statistics as to why that occurred. And I think a lot of times we leave that up to, to adults to kind of ponder, but to actually watch students create their own race theories, their own uh, um, uh, theories around incarceration, it's probably one of the most empowering, empowering things I've ever seen. I couldn't agree more. And I'm also wondering, if you're moving operations to Indianapolis, are you still going to have the school in Chicago and do all this work remotely? Uh, we're not. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be building our first school in Indianapolis. And we really do believe that what exists uh, in Indy, what exists on the south side of Chicago, is not unique to either of those locales. And that across this country, um, um, there are, are huge swaths of this country that could utilize such a type of curriculum. And it's for that reason that we look to meet that need in two ways. One, which is that further building out brick and mortar schools that are going to reach students at a local level. But also really taking our best practices and sharing that. Whether it's the curriculum we've used, whether it's the way that we have been able to, to mold an academic curriculum with the sociological identity curriculum, actually potentially digitizing that and making it available. Um, because what we're realizing um, from partners in this work and from good friends of ours is that this is an issue that's occurring across the nation and there's not enough solutions to meet the demand. Alright, let me ask you one more question. Starting a school is really, really hard. hard. What do you think is the biggest piece of advice or lesson that you've taken away from this process thus far that you would offer to other founders who are trying to start a school from the ground up? Look, uh, look in the mirror and, and, and tell yourself two things. One is that you have what it takes, absolutely, to really undertake um, um, anything in this, in this life so as long as you're moving from a place of love and empathy in my own, in my own view. Um, and the second thing I would say is that don't reinvent the wheel. There are phenomenal organizations that you've never heard of that are doing amazing work around this exact issue. Your issue may be technology forward classrooms, your may be uh, similar to ours of bringing sociological identities to the forefront of education, but there are other organizations and schools that are doing snippets of great work. Mm -hmm. And to find those people before you open your doors and to partner with those people and to the best that you can, um, uh, make sure that you're building a village just as much as you're building a school. Excellent. Jacob, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hey, thank you. 
This has been the EdSearch On Air podcast. This episode was produced and edited by me, Mary Jo Matta, and advertisements were read by Alice Meyerhoff. You can give us a grade on the quality of this podcast by rating us on iTunes or sending an email to us at feedback at edsearch.com. You can also subscribe on the iPhone podcast app, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back again next week with more on the future of education. We'll see you then.